What's up, everybody? This is published author and the be-all, end-all of the pro wrestling podcast community, Michael DeMilla, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. After you finish this episode of Armchair Booking, go ahead and make your way down to my podcast, Finish Your Wrestling, because we're going to finish wrestling before it even started. It's time for y'all to finish y'all wrestling. All right? You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you'll notice, I have a guest. It is Mike DeMira from the Finisher Wrestling Podcast. And I will have to say about them, they have been one of our biggest supporters. Uh, ever since they came online, I heard about them. I don't even remember who contacted who first. But <laughs> either way, I mean, we've had, you know, a pretty good relationship going on. This is, uh, I know you've been on here before. I've been on your show before. You know, we've always been so, or as the way Mike always says it, hey, we are running it back right now. How you doing, Mike? We're running it back. I'm doing all right. How you doing, brother? Oh, you know, like I said, you know, living the dream, you know, somebody's dream. I don't know whose it is, but (laughs) but I'm living a dream. Um, But as you can see, you know, uh, Delicious Dwayne, he's still on a hiatus right now, just taking care of some family business. But you always say, you know what, family comes first. And we always Mm -hmm. wish our best thoughts and prayers out to Dwayne, you know, um, you know, especially since, you know, he's about to be a dad again, you know, and, you know, so he's getting all ready for that, you know, and so I'm like, hey, you know, you got to you got to take care of the family. And we've always said family comes first. And we mean that because at the end of the day, this is just a podcast, you know, right. but uh, but Mr. Demir here has volunteered to step in as another guest co-host. And we are going to be discussing the Elimination Chamber, Perth. And. Man, and I'll tell you what, that show came on, it started at like the pre-show started at four in the morning, and you said you actually got up and watched it? Yeah, yeah, like, um, I actually got up an hour before, like, the uh, kickoff show, the pre-show. <laughs> so you got up at three yeah. in the morning on Saturday. I did, I did. What time did you go to sleep? Uh, Probably at, like, uh midnight. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's a normal Friday night, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I would have that like midnight. It, it, it possibly, it, it, it could have been one in the morning. I know I was only, I, I know I only got a couple of hours of sleep. <laughs> well, I actually, um, because my son had to a finish my wrestling. I have to finish yeah, my yeah. wrestling. <laughs> there you go. And see, there's, there's the origin of the name, finish your wrestling, you know, because he had to finish his wrestling. Uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, um, my son had a Boy Scout event he had to go to and he had to be there at 830 in the morning, you know, so I had to actually, you know, uh, wake up at normal, I guess, time for that. Take him to that. So I actually would have had to stop in the middle anyway. And when, and when I got back, there was still about 20 minutes left. And I was like, well, I better get off of that before, you know, I accidentally catch the ending of the last match. And then I had to wait for the replay to be loaded and. But finally, I was able to watch it, you know. So uh, so before we really get started on the, the review, go ahead and give all the information about Finish Your Wrestling. How do we contact you, all the social media, everything? Okay. Well, our Twitter, X, whatever name it goes by now. Um, Twi- the Twix. Handful- <laughs> Twix. Twix. <laughs> our, our Twix handle and our IG Handle is both the same. It's at FY Wrestling PC. And you can also email us at ReKingsWrestling at gmail.com. Cool. So, everybody, make sure you contact them. You know, and I, the reason we do that first because Ted the Hillbilly Hill, or now it's Ted Take, Ted's Takes on Wrestling, he's the one who started that. You know, he's another, you know, big member of the, the wrestling podcast community. 
He's another one. He was actually he he was on last week. We did the preview, and so now, mm-hmm. like I said, you got to finish your wrestling. That's why you had the review, so it right. matches up perfectly. <laughs> so, ooh, so what did you think overall about the show? Before we start getting into the nitty gritty of the matches, what I'll say is this: um, for it to be labeled as an elimination chamber uh, premium live event, it did pretty good. Um, yeah. The the results of in the outcomes of the matches may have been predictable, yet it wasn't predictable to the point where you lost interest. Um, the the matches were very entertaining. So even though I was able to predict who was going to win from A to Z, it still kept me entertained. And you said you got all four of uh, the uh, your predictions correct. Mm-hmm. I got three out of four. I know I should have picked, you know, the men's. I know I should have picked who actually won it, but I don't know why I decided to swerve in a different direction. But um, so did you know about the 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 pre-show match, the Kabuki Warriors and Candice LeRae against yeah. and Andy Hart? I didn't know that was uh-huh. happening until you know came on, and I'm sitting there going, "All right, let me, you know, like ten minutes. Of time. Wait a minute. Oh, there's a match happening. Hold on, mm-hmm. you know, and." The the Australian crowd, oh my lord, they were pretty happy to see Indy Hartwell. They were. They were. She got a pretty good pump. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, she got a um, pretty good pump. And, and if I had to predict that match, I mean I actually would have predicted that that outcome would happen. They're, they were not going to change the tag titles, you know, with yeah. this. Um now I don't know. Who will end up beating the Kabuki Warriors? I see them holding the belts for a little bit. What do you think? I can see them having a nice run. Um, I think the only team, not the only team, but I think the forerunner, the front runner to taking the titles off them would have to be. Uh, it would probably have to be Alba. I would have said Alba Fire. I, I would have said her and her partner. I, I would have, but the women's tag team division is kind of losing. Uh, I, I would have said Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, but they're kind of the tag. The women's tag team division is kind of losing its uh, significance in a way because it's not being built up real prominently. I think uh, Triple H. I have a feeling though he'll actually work on that though because yeah. he's always been a big supporter of women's wrestling. And Absolutely. able to build it up. So um I like to see it. And I just love Alba Fire's name. Just because as soon as I saw that name and that's all the way Fire was spelled, I'm like, she's gotta be Scottish. And I looked it up and sure enough, because Alba is say say it's in Scots Gaelic. That's the word for Scotland. And I was like, All right, cool. So yeah, I was right. You know, I felt smart for once. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean I can see them taking the women's acting titles um and if it's not them, I feel like um, they could possibly do something with Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler like they were starting to do. Um, I feel like that is a tag team. If you were to put the Rockets to their backs and push them, I feel like them two as a tag team could really do some heavy damage in the women's tag division. Um, Zoe Stark, did she just get hurt or is that somebody else I'm thinking of? Um, not to my knowledge. Okay, it may be somebody else, and somebody else just got hurt. Uh, which, ironically enough, it's like every week somebody is getting hurt, and they're like, "Oh, they're going to have to have you know knee surgery. They're going to be out for six months." It's like, well, that sucks, <laughs> you know. So yeah. Um, but when they finally kicked into the show, by the way, did you see the news that the elimination chamber itself almost didn't make it to Australia? Because, it, yeah, because of the pirates. Pirates. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that is the most random headline I think I've ever seen, and I, you know, had to go click, and they're like, yeah, they flew it to Los Angeles, put it on a boat, and or trucked it to Los Angeles, put it on a boat to go like the long way to get to Australia, so they could avoid the Suez Canal. I'm like, man, next time have some Navy SEALs with you. They took, they'll take care of it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they yeah. have. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so they. Of all the thing, pirates almost kept them from actually getting the chamber. But 
Uh, and one of the things I have to mention when Ted was on the show, he and I both totally forgot about it because I sent him a message later on when the Thunderdome, when they, they actually put it up, I'm, or not the Thunderdome, the, the Elimination Chamber, it looked like Thunderdome out of Mad Max. And I'm like, it's in Australia. They had that. That was the perfect opportunity to make that comparison. And he and I both totally missed it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, no, you're right. You're right. Yep. So uh, all the young kids, if you're watching, listening, just go check out Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. You know, two men enter, one man leave, or in this case, you know, six men or women enter and only one leaves. Close enough, but either way, I mean, um, but Becky Lynch, uh, she wins the Women's Elimination Chamber over Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Raquel Rodriguez, and Tiffany Stratton. I'm going to tell you what, Tiffany Stratton, they are pushing her, and I can see why. I mean, she's good. Yes. I, I I would say she had the best performance out of all of the competitors in the women's chamber match. Yeah, I mean, she she's trying to prove herself. I mean, she just came up from NXT not that long ago, mm-hmm. so um, she's not going to waste the opportunity. But I mean, but you look in there, out of everybody in there, she's the one with the least amount of experience, and she was really um, she was really trying hard, man. Because all the women in there, I mean, you, look at those names I just mentioned, all of them. You know, right. are top notch, um, and I'd like to see almost like a lift off between Raquel Rodriguez and Bianca Belair about to say who can lift the most because both them women are just powerful powerhouses. Yeah, and I've, I've seen a video of Bianca, uh, like some of her workout routine, and I'm like, yeah, that's why she can lift as much as what she does because I mean she does not play around. I mean, she's a collegiate level athlete, you know, legit. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know uh too much about Raquel Rodriguez, but it wouldn't surprise me if she's not a collegiate level athlete. it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if she was one either. You know what I'm saying? But um but what do you think about the match itself overall? Because I mean the, the brutality was there, what you expect, you know, all the moves were there. Definitely. The oh I'll say this, the one thing that it didn't surprise me that it happened, it just, it kind of, it was like a curveball that I was like, okay, they're doing this now, which is um, the way how Liv Morgan, I, I was not expecting Liv Morgan to eliminate Bianca. I was expecting Bianca and Becky to be the last two. Right. And, you know, Liv eliminated Bianca, and then right after that, Big time Bex came in and mm-hmm. won the match. Um, so to be honest, I was actually expecting um Bianca or Bex to eliminate Liv. I wasn't expecting Liv to eliminate one of those two. Um, but the match, the story that they told, ironically, they told their own individual stories in terms of why and how they were trying to win it. And I liked that because Bianca was trying to do everything to ensure her ticket to WrestleMania so she can keep her WrestleMania undefeated streak going. And Liv was, Liv's story was she was trying to get to WrestleMania. Like she was trying to prove to everybody like she deserves her spot. Very much similar to Tiffany Strand. And Becky Lynch wanted to prove she was the man that's supposed to take on mommy at WrestleMania. Yeah. And this was one of the ones because at the Rumble, uh, there was a few people that actually thought Becky was going to win the Rumble because, uh, and even like Dwayne said, that is the money match. Becky and Rhea Ripley, that's the money mm-hmm. match at WrestleMania. Uh, but then, you know, it's point I was like, well, they already have, you know, they're going to, you know, they don't need the Rumble to have the match. And so that's why, um, you know, Bailey ended up, you know, win it because she she kind of needed that to push that into the match with one of the champions, and she chose, um, right. You know, um, Theo Scott. Theo Scott. Yep. Yeah. So, and that furthered that story. So I'm like, you know what, WWE, they're doing a really really good job with their with their writing right now. You mm-hmm. know, um, because even this, I mean, they were it looked like they were really pushing Naomi and Tiffany Stratton. You know, because Naomi just returned. Mm-hmm. And she looks right. as good as ever. You know, she's going to be, you know, she's going to be back in the world title con- contention herself, you know, uh, yeah, at some I mean, point. I mean, she's a former world champion already. And 
but her and Tiffany Stratton, this could be her, even whoever, you know, wins, you know, this feud, um, they're going to be pushing each other. And Naomi's a good one to help push Tiffany Stratton because Naomi, she's still very credible, even though she just returned, but she's still somebody you're not going to take light. Yeah, you know, and I'm just happy to see Naomi, you know, back because she and her husband can actually be in the same company again. That that always drives me nuts when I see married couples. I mean, it's not their fault necessarily <laughs> when they're they're in competing yeah. companies, you know. Um, yeah, make make dinner time conversation kind of interesting. <laughs> right. Um uh, the tag team match that uh Judgment Day and New Catch New Catch Republic. All right, it's a different um, somebody. I thought you hear somebody compare it to a Star Wars kind of thing because with the Republic, I'm like, it's huh. a Republic name, yeah. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Um, I like I, I like brutality in wrestling. Either either very brutal or very scientific or very aerial, mm-hmm. you know. And this one I think was pretty brutal with a little bit of science thrown in, you know, because the new Catch Republic. I mean. I was very impressed by not just them, but really Judgment Day, the tag team moves that both were throwing on the other teams. You know, the combination mm-hmm. moves. It, it reminded me of the Midnight Express because, you know, they always had those kind of moves. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I I can see the correlation. I can't. I can't. Um, you know what, though? That's a very interesting analogy right there because you're right. Um, They were performing moves in certain sequences and certain spots that you that, that make you think like, okay, are they paying tribute and homage or homage to the Midnight Express or were they influenced by them? So I can see it. Yeah. Uh, could have been. And that's actually something else that I'm glad to see tag teams, not just two individuals thrown together, you know, but actual right. tag teams, you know, are starting to get more play calls, you know, um, a certain former CEO uh, didn't like tag teams, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, but now they're bringing it back because tag team matches are exciting to me. No, I'm not, definitely. Definitely. Um, on Finish Your Wrestling, we actually started a tag team vault series um, that is strictly about tag team wrestling because we are, because we're fans. All three of us are fans of tag team wrestling. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think, you know, we may have been kind of privileged because, I mean, remember the teams like the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other ones, the Demolition. Yeah, the Demolition, yes. Demolition oh, one man. of my favorite. Uh, Demolition to me, uh, honestly, Demolition, and I've shared this with you before, Demolition is one of my favorite all-time tag teams, and they have one of the classic, the most classic, they have one of the most classic theme songs ever. Dun, 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 dun. Then here comes the axe, and here comes the smasher. <laughs> yeah, demolition was. I mean, the, the demolition to me, and I've said this a million and one times to wrestling fans: demolition were not knockoffs of the World Warriors. That was the powers of pain, not demolition. Very true. Yeah. Uh, even even from the from the face paint to the haircuts that the powers of pain had were very similar to the Legion of Doom to the World Warriors. Demolition were their own thing. Um, but like you said, tag teams like Demolition, Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, you had the Fabulous Freebirds, Devon Eric's, like you you had a plethora of tag teams. I mean, even the British Bulldogs and the Heart mm-hmm. Foundation. And when I say Heart Foundation, I'm talking about the Hitman, the Anvil with the mouth of the soft Jimmy Hart, like yep. that tag team. Um, even the brand busters. The mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. This right here. Yes, sir. I bought this a few months ago. He was actually on a show local. And if you look, I mean, there's his autograph. He drew all those hearts on there. You know, wow. and, and then he autographed it. And I was like, cool. I mean, and then I got yelled at by my wife for buying it. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I got an autographed megaphone. You know, now I'm not going to hit anybody with it because, no, my luck, you probably break the megaphone. But... <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I've been kind of fortunate to be honest with you. I've been able to go, fed up going here, um, in a few weeks to another fan fest in Chillicothe, Ohio, except for me and a guy, Rescue Randy. I don't know if you've heard the shows with him on there or watched them. Um, you know, he and I are actually going to be going and to uh, actually help out, you know. So, okay. yep. So, um, 
Big Mama from the Northern Wrestling Federation, she's been doing some spots for the NWA. She actually was able to arrange that for us, you know. So, okay. um, but yeah, the last one I actually met uh, the guys from Demolition, and you know, I got a picture taken and all that. And uh, they actually don't do podcasts, but uh, they said not because last time they did a podcast, they had to get their lawyers involved. They didn't go in, into details why, but I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah. um, yeah. And, but they also, they had one of the masks, you know, with the spikes on it and the uh-huh. the leather thing behind it. They actually, they had one left and they were selling that autograph like 200 bucks. And I'm like, I don't have $200. I'm not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wish, but I don't have that. But, um, you know, once again, you know, most of the wrestlers I've met have actually all been pretty cool. Barbarian, actually, him and and Ming, they were there, and um, and the picture I got with them, Ming's actually choking me out, you know, because well, that's what he does. And um, but you know, Barbarian, I mean, it's kind of funny because you see him, and you're right. Whenever when I remember when he first came into the Mid Atlantic area, because I actually talked about about this with him. Because he said, oh, I was so nervous, you know, he said, because he did a run-in, the assassin had actually uh, became a face for a little bit, and Barbarian actually did a run-in and attacked the assassin, he did like the flying headbutts, and I'm like, is that room where your animal just shrunk like six inches? Because he had the same haircut, and he had the face paint and everything, I thought it was animal, but just a little smaller. Uh, But no, it was the, you know, the Barbarian, but Mm -hmm. yeah, and, but yeah, I mean, like, like you said, the tag team wrestling, I'm glad it's starting to make a comeback. Uh, I thought this match was really good. I wasn't surprised at the ending because I don't think they're ready to drop the ties yet. Now, I was surprised that there was nothing to kind of push forth, uh, push forward the tension between Damian Priest and the rest of the Judgment Day. You know, um, now, and, and actually, uh, What's his nose? Oh, your buddy. Uh, big ex-con Dirty Dom. Dom. Dirty Dom. Dirty Dom. You know, of course, he got he got sent out. But uh, he had, he's saying that the booze that are coming, he said they're not piped in. He said that is the the audience just letting mm-hmm. him have it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like when when uh, I, I can say I, I, I can honestly say this. Uh, being present at shows. That's that right. You did. Won, yeah, yeah. Being present at shows that he's there, they legitimately boo him. Like Dom generates old school, classy Freddie Blassie heat. Hmm. Like, be careful, cause, literally, because Freddie Blassie got stabbed one time. He got her. Uh, actually, for, for Freddie Blassie, got that the fans stabbed him up and they threw acid on him. Ooh. Um, yeah. Um. And when I tell you Dom generates that type of heat, trust me, Dom <laughs> generates that type of heat. Like this isn't an this isn't an exaggeration or an analogy to make a comparison. No, he literally generates old school classy Freddie Blassie heat. Um, you know, I actually I bought the Person Illustrated uh, awards issue. I have actually not even read it yet. But I'd be willing to bet that if he didn't get most hated wrestler, uh, he was had to have been at least one of the runner up. No, he definitely got. Yeah, he, 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 he yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, he comes out and he, you know what, he relishes it because you know they're booing him, and that means he's doing his job correctly. Correct. I mean, he turned on his own dad, and his dad is Rey Mysterio, one of the most likable characters ever. Well, I'm not going to say he turned on his dad. His dad <laughs> abandoned him. His dad right. abandoned him. Like, his dad chose Edge, who's now Adam Copeland in AEW. His dad chose him over Dirty Dom to be his partner. Think about this. Dom, Dirty Dom has had a hard life. He did hard time. Okay? <laughs> All right. He is a rags to riches story. He went from being an ex-con so now he is a two-time NXT North American champion. Two-time. 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 All right. Like, he's a rags to riches story. He's an inspiration oh. to these kids. And he is rocking that mullet. He is. He is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know a little thing about mullets. You know, right, well, right now I, I got the skullet. 
you know, the skullet, you know, because there's there ain't nothing up here. I mean, that that left a long time ago, you know. So I just grow it out now. It's, that's the skullet. Or you Dom is actually playing the route. He he's actually going the route that Eddie went. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, if you think about it, because Eddie had China as his mama Sita and Dirty Dom has Rhea as his mommy. And they both were rocking the mullets during that time period. Yep. And yeah, you, you, you can tell that Dom is influenced by Eddie. You, you, you can tell it. You know, maybe on the, the times when Dom had the visitation going over to Eddie's house on the weekends, you know, maybe when they, when they, they, they were trying to. They were trying to get it, get all that straightened out, <laughs> you know. Maybe. Um, I, I can see it. Now, if Dom oh. could just grow some facial hair a little bit right, because he does need to kind of work on that some. I mean, that, you know, that looks like a seventh grader, you know, who's just learning how to shave right now. Yeah, he's struggling to grow facial hair. <laughs> yeah. He's struggling. So, yeah, I don't have that yeah. issue right now, finally. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, yeah, I like that match. And then, of course, they had... The men's elimination chamber. Yes, I chose LA Knight, and I was wrong. <laughs> you know, I'll admit I was wrong. Why I mean, did I, you choose LA Knight? Honestly, I thought Drew would be too obvious. Okay, and and LA Knight was like the next one. You know, you say okay, if it's not going to be Drew, because by the way, Drew is also finishing his story. We're talking all about Cody, you know, they're they're labeling it finishing the story. Well, Drew's trying to finish his own story because he's been screwed over so many times. You know, he, he finally gets his big WrestleMania match and there was zero people in the audience because of Cody. And mm-hmm. he finally gets another match. And what well, they keep saying it's his hometown. No. Where he they were in Cardiff, Wales. That's that's a good five, six hour drive away from the Ayrshire mm-hmm. district yeah. of Scotland, where he's from. I mean, it's a it's a long way. I've been yeah. there. I've been to both, actually. Yeah. So, lived in England for six and a half years. So, I mean, that that whole thing. And by the way, there's no straight shot. I mean, you know, um, yeah. yeah, driving in driving in the UK is fun, but but they keep saying well, hometown. No, he was he's he's Scottish. He ain't Welsh, and they'll let you know. But but close enough. I mean, he had more people going to cheer for him, and that's when Solo Sokoa made his debut and cost him the time. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, so he's got that going on, which justifies him being a heel in his own eyes. He's like, look, I keep getting screwed over. So, of course, I'm going to do what I need to do to get my title. And, but to me, it was it was almost was like, well, it's too obvious. And I love Drew McIntyre. He's one of my favorites. And But it was like almost too obvious because I was looking at it going, I was like, all right, Bobby Lashley right now. I'd love to see Bobby Lashley get another run. But right now they got him with, um, oh, my God. Why am I losing? No, I'm what well, the, the tag team. Um, oh, the, the Street Profits. Street Profits. Yes, he's got them together, and I like to see them build up as a faction because they keep, you know, they've had Bobby Lashley start factions, and then all of a sudden they collapse. They started to collapse, and I'm like, you don't need to do something because Bobby Lashley is too good of a talent to just let kind of flounder. So they finally got him with the Street Profits. You know, Bobby Lashley, former Army. Um, Montez Ford, former Marine, you know, so they already got that going on. And, you know, so they, that could be a very formidable team. Uh, I don't know if they might add one more person, maybe, because a, a lot of times you, you good factions usually have four, you know, or you could go with three because the free birds, you know, were three, but. Very true. Yeah. So, I mean, they got that with them. So, I mean, they could be building that up. So um, Kevin Owens, you know, I can't really see holding the title right now, but LA Knight, I mean, he's the hottest thing since sunburn right now. And, you know, and of course, Orton, I don't think they're going to put the title back on Orton anytime soon. It's not right for right now. And, you know, and Logan Paul, I mean, they're not going to put the world title on him. He's got the U.S. title and he's doing good. I will mm-hmm. say that. I mean, I've been very impressed by Logan Paul because he actually, he, he takes it very seriously. And, you know, so, but I was like, well, Drew McIntyre, that's just too obvious. And that just proves once again that I'm stupid. You know, so I should have just picked McIntyre like everybody else, and I wouldn't have been wrong, but I was wrong on that one. See, I picked Drew McIntyre because I felt like, even though it would have been too predictable for him, I felt like um, it made sense for him to win just because if anybody knows a thing or two about wrestling, they pay attention to the history of it, 
Drew Mackin, this current run of him as a heel is very similar to Bret Hart. It is. Very similar. Yep, because, because Bret kept getting screwed. Bret, and... Yeah, correct. Bret got screwed out of the 97 Rumble. Yep. Then Bret won the Fatal, well, not Fatal 4, but the Final Four match that they had at, and he, he won it for the vacant belt. That's when Sean, you know, lost his smile. Yeah. And then the next night, Brett got screwed out of the championship and Austin hit him with the chair. Then Brett had his rematch against Sid in the steel cage and Undertaker screwed Brett when he slammed the door on Brett. So Brett's frustrations kept building up and building up. And Drew McIntyre's character is very similar to Brett's character in terms of getting screwed out of championship matches. One more thing, contract negotiation. Because remember, Brett was going through that yeah. and that's what ended up being the catalyst yeah. for the Montreal Screwjob. Now, Drew is going through, you know, actual mm-hmm. contract negotiations as well. Correct. Correct. So, and so I felt like uh, what better play than to have Drew McIntyre finally get his WrestleMania match with crowd with, with, with the crowd there, even though he technically already had it when he fought Bobby Lashley, because they did have the crowd in there. They did have the crowd. It was it was only, it was like fifteen thousand, but they didn't have the full WrestleMania crowd there. Right. So, with that being said, what better way than to have Drew McIntyre finally get his moment? He beat Seth, only for Priest to cash in on Drew McIntyre. Yeah, because they need to do something with Priest like soon. Because when Punk came back, and then Cody, you know, of course, finishing his story. Mm-hmm. And then Rock now, of course, is in the picture and all that. And Damien's mm-hmm. holding this briefcase like, hey, you guys remember me? <laughs> you know, I mean. Um, but isn't that the point? Like, think about this. People are so used to, well, if you think about it, the last few years, the money in the bank holder does, hasn't held the beef, hasn't held the briefcase for that long. True. So with this right here, it's, it's a combination of two things. One, the past few winners haven't held the briefcase for a substantial time. That's one. And two, the type of talent and character that Damian Priest is, is making fans anticipate his cash in more and more. Like fans are like, you should have been cashed in because you're Damian Priest. And I think that's why a lot of people are waiting to see when is the trigger going to get pulled. I, honestly, I believe Priest and Finn lose the tag titles early on at night one at WrestleMania to Our Truth and Miz, and then later on that night, Priest cashes in against the winner of Seth and Drew McIntyre. So you, yeah, okay, yeah, that that definitely would be the first night match. Um, because they can win. Say, no, 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 second last night's going to be Cody and Roman. That's pretty much a done deal. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, I could see them losing the tag titles, splitting up, you know, like right then, uh, Damien turns face, and then he 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 throws that he throws uh, throws a briefcase down on whoever is the winner of that match. Mm-hmm. And watch it, like you said, watch it be Drew, and turn around and he's world champion mm-hmm. again for all of you know two minutes, and boom, done. Well, right. uh, I tell you what. Just the thought of Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest having matches against each other, those would be some good matches. I think. You know, um, just think about I mean, these two big guys with a lot of um, a lot of skills, the way they do, those would be some nice, brutal, hard-hitting matches. You still with me? Right. No, I'm still here with you. Okay. Yeah, you... Yeah, your screen froze up, so as long as you can hear me, so. Um, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, my um, yeah, my phone all of a sudden, it, it locked up, too. So, uh, the last match of the night, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax, no surprise there. They were not going to let Rhea Ripley lose in her home country, especially with her family. Not, right not, there. not at all. Right. With her family right there at ringside. 
Can you hear? Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I had a slight difficulty problem. All right. Cool. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm back. Yep, I can hear you. All right. Awesome. Um, but yeah, with her family right there at ringside, like 13 family members at ringside, she was not going to lose that. There was no way. Mm-hmm. So, nah, they wasn't going to let her lose at all. It, 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 it wouldn't have made sense for her to lose. Um, because think about it. You're building up to Rhea versus Becky at WrestleMania 40. And that's the, that's the money match. That is the money so match. Like, I, I believe Nia Jax and Rhea, I believe Nia Jax and Rhea was, it served a purpose for two things. One, to give that go-home feeling from Australia, well, to, to Australia, because, you know, they don't go there often. So you want to have it where, okay, you're making this Elimination Chamber event feel big, so what better way than to have one of Australia's own close out the show with a victory involving one of the show's top women's titles. So you put that into play. And it also adds more to the story in terms of Rhea versus Becky because, yeah, Becky may have won the Elimination Chamber, but Rhea had to go through Nia Jax, who was very much a hard obstacle for Becky to topple. And the way they had Rhea, you know, they showed it throughout the match, you know, because I mean, Rhea's not small herself. I mean, she's taller, but Nia, of course, I mean, is known for being, you know, kind of a bigger lady. Would well, Rhea was able to get her in her her pump handle slam that she does and pinned her clean. And that right there was a feat in itself, getting Nia up and boom. And so that's kind of showcasing that. And of course, Nia, you know, putting her over like that, you know, and selling it for. I mean, I got to give kudos to her too because um, she. Didn't have to do that, but I mean, she does business and Nia, Nia's professional. I mean, now she's been known for, um, unfortunately hurting people, but I mean, she's not like she did it on purpose, you know. But I mean, she was still just in a main event of one of their biggest pay per views or PLEs of the year, you know. So they wouldn't have trusted just anybody to do that. And so Nia, I think, you know, was the best, the best woman to be the opponent. And like you said, yeah, you're right. And it gets, um, it gets Rhea ready for Becky and it, uh, now, I don't know what's going to happen with Nia next. I mean, I know they'll find something for her. But, you know, but I, I, liked, I liked the match. I liked all these matches. I mean, it was a very solid show. What if the plan is to have Jade go against Nia instead of Bianca? You know what? Because yeah. if you think about it, yep. because if you think about it, the way how Elimination Chamber went, it left more, it, it gave us some answers, but it gave us a lot of questions to be asked. Yeah, that would actually be good. Like like the good first like feud for Jade coming into WWE would be against Nia because it'd be too soon. You, you want to build up to her and Bianca because we know that's also going to be another money feud right there. That's going to be mm -hmm. a good one. Um, so yeah, Naya would be a good good first one. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. the story is already they already planted the seeds there for that particular story. Jade came at the Rumble, debuted at the Rumble, eliminated Naya Jax. So you could have that powerhouse versus powerhouse match. Yep, and because because it would be too soon to. Do Jay versus Bianca, and it would you, you don't want to rush a few like that because for starters, you would lose out a lot of money if you rush that food. Mm -hmm. You have to let it build, you, you have to let that feud build. You have to the same way they let Becky and Rhea build, you have to let this you, you have to let those two build. I'm looking forward to that match whenever it finally does happen. I don't care if it's you know next month. Year from now, two years from now, Jade and Bianca, that's going to be that's going to be a good one to watch. True. Um, however, I won't be surprised. Um, if I, I won't be surprised if they do rush it in the sense of Bianca versus um Jade. I won't be surprised if they do rush it because this is WrestleMania forty, so they're throwing everything in. Yeah, you know, because yeah, they're well, they're also trying to 
they're trying to clean up after everything that just you know went down over the past few months and they're trying to build themselves back up into uh, a pretty good reputable company uh, because unfortunately you know not all the WrestleManias of the past few years have been good ones and, and you know so the Triple H now hopefully he can stay on but since he's part of that family who knows um don't know what's going to happen there but I mean but they couldn't put on solid product this is another another solid show uh, top to bottom and you know we were talking about the pirates um there was a couple other, yeah, a couple other news stories that uh, I just saw this one today. Apparently, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller were about to throw down on a reporter. Did you see that? Yes, at the airport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That well, what wasn't it because the reporter was saying like wrestling was fake or something? Yep. <laughs> see, here's the thing. He's lucky. He said that to them and not Haku. Um, <laughs> because uh, here, see, here's the thing, and, and, and this is something I've always said to people, professional wrestling is not fake. It's scripted. It's no different than <laughs> acting in a TV show or a movie or a play, the, except for the fact that when you have a television show and a movie, the actors have stunt doubles. In professional wrestling, they don't have stunt doubles because they are the stunt doubles. They are one-take actors. That is what they are. Yep. Um, And people don't understand, nor do they appreciate how much these individuals put their bodies on the line. And... Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because Haku, I mean, he, he... The way he explained in the interview, he said, this is how I feed my family. You're not going to come right. insult my chosen profession of how I take care of my family, how I feed my kids and think that you're just going to get away with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah. And Grayson Waller apparently, I mean, went off on the dude too. And, you know, uh, and also found out why Bronson Reed, why he didn't go because he finally cleared the air on that. The reason he didn't go was because his wife was uh, getting ready to have a baby and she was actually, um, going to labor, they knew that she was going to be induced early, so he didn't want to be all the way back in Australia. And all of a sudden, his wife is in America giving birth. You know, can't blame him there. Like we said, family comes first. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, I'm actually going to have to go ahead and wrap this up though, because I mean, man, we don't covered all the matches, done covered all the news, and so, uh. Is there anything going else with finisher wrestling, by the way, before we have to wrap this up? Because I want to make um, sure I, mean, I want everybody to know about one of my favorite wrestling podcasts. You know, great yeah, anal- yeah. analytical minds and you and Bink and the man of many names. We'll just call him Stevie Ray Cyrus, um, Tony Atlas Shrugged. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know where he comes up with all these names, but I'm just like looking forward to hearing them or seeing them or. You know, just uh, uh, I'll tell you this much. I'll, I'll tell you this much. This is what happens how how he chooses the names. Okay, so before we record, he goes through the list of names that he's already used, <laughs> and then he looks at wrestling names that he has not. He looks at like a list of wrestlers' names that he hasn't used at all, and then. He tries to figure out which one will fit whatever starting topic or ending topic we're going to ah, have. Gotcha. Or if I tell him, like, hey, this is going to be the Tag Team Vault Series or, yo, the, or, I'll, or, or I'll be like, yo, listen, uh, we might touch up on this or that. And then he'll be like, okay. And then right before we press record, you see the wells in his mind turning. And then... <laughs> As soon as I say this is finishing wrestling, that's when the name comes out. Um, yeah, uh, he, he he has a different name, and sometimes he's actually switched names during episodes. I was on one of those episodes when he did it. You were, you were. <laughs> the one name was uh, he started off with one name, then midway into it, it was Matt Morgan Freeman. Yes, <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was Matt Morgan Freeman. And but um 
what this is what I'll say about finishing wrestling, what you can expect is um we we are gonna be attending more live shows um with, from different promotions, whether it's local, your, your local independent, um all the way up to mainstream, we are gonna be attending more shows this year. And we are in the process of we're gonna be transitioning from only audio to audio and video. We're gonna awesome. be doing that as well. Um, and so there's a few other things, um, um, be on the lookout for our eighties wrestling vault series and our nineties wrestling vault series, be on the lookout for those two, cause we already have the tag team wrestling vault series. So we have a few different spinoff series that we're going to be doing. Okay. And, um, it's more so because, because the, and the reason why is I feel like, um, nowadays, when people watch wrestling, they don't necessarily understand just how much the past comes back full around with the present. And yes, it does. So, and, and, and also, a lot of storylines and a lot of characters and a lot of character arcs and gimmicks. Also, not many people notice, but you can go to the past and be like, okay. But this person had to be influenced by this wrestler from past days, or there's very there's a similar correlation between this current wrestler and this wrestler of yesteryears. Um, prime example, like we said, Drew McIntyre and Bret Hart. Um, and not many people notice that. Um, you can even even with Triple H being the ring leader of Evolution, you can tell to some merit, to some degree, Ric Flair being the leader of the Four Horsemen influenced. Triple H, because Triple H wore his influences on his sleeve. Like you can yeah, tell, Harley, you can tell that Harley Race, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Superstar Billy Graham. You could tell that those individuals influenced him by far. Um. So yeah, we have different podcasts. Like 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 we have different spinoffs getting ready to come out because '80s wrestling. Um. I don't feel like you get. I feel like it's starting to. I feel like '80s wrestling and '90s wrestling. It's starting to lose, uh, not lose, but how should I put it? Everything evolves, and so it's just like when people talk about basketball, people will talk about the Bulls and the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, and they will talk about LeBron and the Golden State Warriors. But you don't hear many people talk about the Boston Celtics of the '80s with Larry Bird and Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem. Oh, and so. You're talking Meyer, Meyer right there. Yeah, yeah, and you don't hear people, you don't hear many people talk about the bad boy Detroit Pistons. So, um, I feel like uh, with the spinoff series, it would be an interesting way to keep certain things uh, refreshing and uh, and as a memory to newer fans and older fans. You know what? I'm looking forward to that. You know, so once that kicks off, I'm have to make sure I keep an eye out on that because you're talking the '80s and '90s wrestling. That's right there. That's hitting yeah. me right there. You know, so um, yeah, definitely. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing the videos. And you know, you're always looking to come back on here, and hopefully, you know, I can come on there. We can just keep this going. We just keep running back over and over again. We just keep the cycle yeah. going. Well, speaking of that, um, I was going to offer you this invitation um, on your platform right now, which is. Um, how would you feel about being a guest on the 80s and 90s vault series? Oh, heck yeah, you know that. All right. And also, uh, when uh, our brother Dwayne returns, I would like for you and him to be our tag team guests for the tag team vault series. All right, cool. So I'm um, hoping Dwayne can come. And even if he, he, you know, he's able to make a one-time appearance, you know, we'll just have to, hopefully he can. You know, um, and now it may not be for a while because once a baby's born, he's not going to be able to sleep for about six months. <laughs> you yeah. know, and if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You don't get hardly any sleep. Um, You're right. You know, but I know he would love to do it if he's able to make it, you know. So um, I definitely right. appreciate the invitation and just let me know when. And I would do my best. Now I have to figure out our schedule because, you know, um, you know, because like I said, it's kind of amazing when you don't have a job, how busy you can be. 
<laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm running this one and I'm running my other podcast, the Cubicle Chat podcast, the non-wrestling. I'm running, I'm doing that one every day right now, every day of the week, you know, every weekday, I should say, you know, but that what I mean, because I sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon. It's just a matter of just keeping it going and me, me keeping my sanity. So I'm just not just sitting here looking for jobs, you know, because I, I mean, I've applied for so many jobs and that's a frustrating thing, but that's a story for another day. But, you know, hopefully I'll find something soon, you know, but uh, but ladies and gentlemen, you know, this has been Mike DeMira from the Finisher Wrestling Podcast. Uh, definitely right. go check them out. I mean, if you heard, this is just a, a sampling of the analytical mind this man has when it comes to wrestling. You know, so I've, I've been listening to their podcast ever since it came out. And, you know, so I'm like, man, I even told Dwayne in the first time, I was like, we got to get those guys on our show. Because yeah. I mean, you have some, a lot of good analytical minds, you know, on wrestling analysis going on. And I'm yeah. like, man, he's thinking about things that I never even would have thought of thinking of, you know. And yeah. like, I had to reach out to y'all because oh, y'all were talking about the AWA and Vern Gagne. That's what it was. Y'all were yep. also talking about uh, Jim Crockett and the NWA, and I was like, hey, even though I'm young, um, that's my era because I grew up with. Uh, and, and I told you, I had two TVs in the house, uh, <laughs> so um, like that. So when y'all were talking about that. I was like, okay, I have to reach out to these guys. I'm like, I'm going to reach out to them. And um, ironically, uh, my favorite tag team match in WCW history, Super Brawl 1, Luger and Sting versus the Steiner Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Hard-hitting, brutal, but, and, but with a lot of good um... – wrestling in there like a lot of good science you know like real wrestling moves as well because all those yeah. well luger i guess when we consider the weak er of them but i mean luger could still go when he needed to you know so yeah. um but yeah so go check out finish your wrestling on any audio platform i believe yeah you're about every audio platform there is that aren't you? yeah yep. so and keep a look out they're going to be probably on youtube here soon you know, just like we finally got this show, we took a little bit. We finally got this one on YouTube, and now, um, you know, now we've got quite a few episodes. Hit that like, share, subscribe button if you're listening. You know, for this podcast, one of the first time, make sure you subscribe to this one. Make sure you go subscribe, follow, finish your wrestling, leave us all ratings, and if you can leave us a review, leave us a review. That helps with the algorithm, or as Ted calls it, the logarithm. You know, also go check out BC Hunter and wrestling with the '80s, or at you know, wrestling with the '80s. He's mostly 90% on YouTube now. Go check out Ted's Tapes on Wrestling. Go check out the Dad World Order podcast. Go check out TNC Sports Talk. He does a lot of other sports, but he also does wrestling as well. Good friend of mine, Justin. And I'm pretty sure I'm missing somebody. And if I miss anybody, I apologize. You know, but thank you, Mike, for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Yep. Until Anytime, we can talk. Baby. Oh, awesome, awesome. Until we can talk again, my friend. Got to say good night and God bless.